Hello. At CD Media, we are literally the tip of the spear. From Ukraine to the vaccine to Brazil, we've been at the tip of the spear on all these stories early. So if you want to know what's going on in the world early, before the rest of the news catches up, watch CD Media. But you know what? We have to make money. So we do have ads on the sites. But I know people don't like pop-up ads. They don't like ads. It's a problem. I mean, you get them on your phone, etc. If you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no ad subscription, which is a few bucks a month. You get access to all of our sites, not just CD Media, but the Manhattan, the Miami Independent, the Connecticut Sentinel, the Georgia Record, Armed Forces Press, Tsarism overseas in Eastern Europe, and CDM Espanol if you speak Spanish. So all of these sites are available with no ads. So sign up for our no ad subscription. You can find it on the websites. There's a pop-up and also in the top menu. And, and pay us a few bucks a month. Support free media. Support your children's future. Support the fight against the corrupt media narrative. Thank you very much. And now let's get to our guests. Welcome to the Georgia 2024 show, a special edition. We've got with us Catherine Engelbrecht, the founder of True the Vote. There's been several bills which are pending in the Georgia legislature, which we thought she would have some really good insight on. So we're going to let her discuss it. Uh, Bill Quinn and I are going to do this together. And uh, welcome to the show, Catherine. Thanks so much for having me. So, Bill, I'm going to I'm going to turn it over to you because you're you're the expert on what's been going on. This week. <laughs> no, actually, Catherine's the expert. That's why we have her. But uh, Catherine, thank you again for being with us. So, um, absolutely. To kind of tee this up, we had a, a surprise change in uh, one of the bills that's currently in consideration by the Georgia Senate. It uh, happens to be Senate Bill 221, and it seems to have a bearing on a couple of the areas that over the past, gosh, almost a year now, we've, uh, we've heard you and Greg Phillips speak to as one of the key priorities in order to move forward with, you know, getting our elections cleaned up, having accurate and valid and transparent uh, elections going forward. So one change is an amendment that would remove drop boxes from the state of Georgia. Um, and then there happened to be a, an existing provision that involves acceptance of uh, data showing that a registered voter changed their residence to another area, either in different county or out of state. So I think to, to get this started, could you talk a little bit again about why are those areas, maybe a couple others, so critical to get right if we're going to fix the problems that we've seen? Well, getting rid of the drop boxes altogether is fantastic. You know, when, when the, in the last cycle, when you guys passed the bill to get rid of the drop boxes outdoors and keep them indoors, uh, that, that was a, a good step in the right direction. But, you know, it, nothing beats just not having them because they were not being monitored. And removing that, that problem, you know, gives you uh, certainly an added layer of security that you didn't have before. So kudos to all of you for uh, you know, seeing that get, get this far in the, in the process. Um, and hopefully that will be signed in. Uh, the, the other issue that you mentioned um, affected us because in, in December of 2020, we had folks from around Georgia concerned that with the runoff that was coming up, they wanted, they knew that the rolls hadn't been cleaned in two years at that point, and were very concerned about what that might mean to the election. And there was a provision in, in Georgia law that allowed for citizen challenges. And, and so we began the process identifying based on um, an, an, a, um, an advanced 
uh, an advanced search of, of and that turned into a you know a huge political quagmire and resulted in uh, fair fight suing us and we're still in court to this very moment over that which was we absolutely legal so it was great in this new bill to see the affirmation that exactly what happened then uh, was appropriate in December of 2020 we uh, participated in a a statewide challenge effort on behalf of Georgia citizens who were concerned that because the rolls hadn't been cleaned in two years, that that may have a, a dramatic impact on that upcoming uh, runoff that was scheduled for January 5th of 2021. And so we followed the law and and you know, submitted challenges based upon NCOA, uh, actually an, an advanced version of, of the National Change of Address Registry, also known as NCOA. Uh, and ended up in court over it. Fair Fight and Stacey Abrams, Mark Elias sued us. We're still in court to this moment um, about about that matter. And now the way the bill is is clearly written, uh, they the, the situation that existed then would not exist in the future. Counties would would have been required to take up the challenges. The the type of data used to um, support the challenges would have been acknowledged as sufficient. So two huge, huge milestones of improvement uh, there in Georgia. So kudos to all of you. Well, it, at least we're through that particular step. So that was um, that was approved through the Ethics Committee. Um, the the uh, Rules Committee had to review it. I believe today the initial that I'm hearing is is positive. So that's good. The, um, the interesting thing was we, we went back um, uh, after, the, uh, after the hearing Tuesday night and provided some additional background on NCOA to the, uh, to the committee members because they seemed to hear feedback from others in the crowd um, that said, well, we're concerned about using NCOA. It's often erroneous. So um, we... we provided data on, you know, the breadth of companies that provide NCOA and just how rigorous they are, you know, companies like uh, Melissa and True NCOA and NCOA Link and others. And we pointed out that they often, most of them use multiple sources of data, correlate them together and, right. then, and then provide, you know, if there's something unusual about this, if you need to take another look, they'll even provide you a code that says, well, we think this is it, but here's something more to look at. Um, notably, one of uh, one of the counties here in Georgia, Gwinnett, um, found a number of addresses that, very frankly, simply don't exist. And one, right. one, some of these services will spot those automatically for you. So imagine a imagine a block of houses numbered 10, 20, 30, 40, and there's an address in there 25, but there's no house. <laughs> So that's, it can also help. That's exactly that. what we found in, in the challenges. Absolutely. That, that is exactly what we found in our challenges back in 2020. I don't have the, the stats in front of me, but you are exactly right in the way that NCOA and, and there are advanced versions of NCO, which is, again, what we use. There's a, 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 a process that's referred to as a CAS process that has um, additional buffers built into uh to normalize addresses and, and make as sure as you can that uh, that you're getting it right. And yep. so 
it's it's what you know it's what the eric system uses it's what's been approved by the supreme court so it's you know it's 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 great that it's been affirmed yeah we hope that uh, by giving the that committee and then allowing uh, that information to to flow to the rest of the senate and ultimately the house they can feel comfortable that in fact ncoa is a, is a very good measure a very good um a mechanism to judge whether somebody's still in the area or not. So um, one of the things that um, that's interesting too is you you may recall, you know, the drop boxes in Georgia were done much the same way that they were in Wisconsin. Um, I, in this case, our state election board uh, met and said, oh yeah, it's fine to use drop boxes. Here's a memo. <laughs> and if you recall, much, much the same thing happened right. with Wisconsin. They uh, they issued a, I That's believe it was exactly their, right. their election department issued a couple of memos. The problem is the state election state election board in Georgia, nor these the Wisconsin uh, election board, has the ability or had the ability to change black letter law, meaning law that's in the statutes of the state. Only the legislature can do that. That's right. And so well, even though they that's ratified, right. they, go ahead. That's I'm right. Sorry. They do not have the. They do not. That, that, no, you've just, you're, you're exactly right. They do not have the authority. It was unconstitutional. Yep. So it's very gratifying to see them now take the right steps um, to go forward. So let me ask a question, Catherine. Why do you think that this is being allowed to happen? I mean, is it just because of grassroots pressure or, you know, they obviously don't want these measures to become law. I mean, and, and I don't have much faith in the Georgia administration, you know, from the governor on down. Why do you think they're, this is allowing, being allowed to, to go forward. Any thoughts? Uh, public pressure. You know, people are sick of it. And, and there's so there was so much just loss of common sense relative to election process in 2020 that, that people got fed up. And what you're seeing now in these changes in legislation and the acknowledgement that yes, what we did in the past was unconstitutional this marks a, you know, a new day and a, and a new, a new path forward. And patriots should be very encouraged. This is a huge accomplishment. And we should keep the, put the gas, you know, pour gas on the fire and, and keep the pressure up on the legislatures, of course. Yep. Yep. So in line with thinking about the voter rolls and uh, something you spoke of, I believe on your podcast a couple of weeks ago, is the um, the electronic registration information center? Most people refer to it as Eric. So just just to get us started, tell me tell me your thoughts on Eric as a uh, service. Currently now, I guess in use by what thirty one states and District of, of Columbia. Yes. Um, well, it is the method of voter voter roll maintenance that is uh, clearly most commonly used across the country. It's really the, the only of its kind. Um, they are formed as a nonprofit 501c3, just the same formation that True the Vote has. As a, as a, as a practical matter, um, what, they, what they portend to do uh, would, would not seem to be altogether wrong or, or you know, ill-advised. Ill However, the devil is always in the details. And as you look more closely, uh, you are states that are working with the convenience or the perceived convenience of, of an ERIC 
um, membership for the security of their data and And if, if, if the current roles are any indication, they're not doing a great job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think it's time to, to bring a little healthy American competition into that space. I think that we should look to private industry. As I have long said, there are private companies that this very moment are, ident- are, are resolving identity residency and citizenship in real time. That's a, that is a very, very doable exercise. And to settle for anything less is, is short selling ourselves. So it's t- it's time to look for better. Um, Eric was, you know, was a, a this this sort of long held convenience, and I think it's doing more harm than good. Yeah, well, it certainly seems not to be um, whittling down the folks that appear using other means to be leaving Georgia and going elsewhere. Right. So there's something not not working right. So one of the things I was fascinated to see in the last couple of weeks is a report on um, the uh, Alabama's new Secretary of State and uh, Wes Allen. And his move, almost the first thing he did, is my understanding, when he got into office and was sworn in in January, was he suspended the contract with Eric. Yes. Um, Fascinating and sounds like a great step, but it also sounds like he thought it was a priority. Um, and then I understand he had a surprise when he went to visit their headquarters in Washington. Uh, perhaps you could you could relate what you heard about that. Sure. Well, a couple of weeks ago, he was he was in Washington D.C. on business and decided just to uh, duck his head into the offices of Eric and, and see how they operate. And what he found was a virtual office. There was no Eric office. They, there was no staffing. There was no uh, uh, apparent you know, apparent visibility of the data that should have been stored theoretically at their headquarters. Um, but as I, as I said on my podcast the other night, the, by extension, you know, you have to kind of think about it, the tech company space. It's not altogether uncommon that, that a company may office virtually. That's not altogether yeah. uncommon. How, however, I think what, what he, what he, opened everyone's eyes to is it started a conversation around, well, wait a second, if the data is not there, where is it? And, and that bring, that brings us to my biggest concern. When you look at the actual agreements that the state signs with Eric, there is no indication as to how the data is being preserved, where it's being stored, how it's being managed, how, how it's being um, imported and exported and whether or not that's encrypted there's all manner of, of you know questions that need answers and none of that exists in the paperwork yeah it's it many people do not know the breadth of information that uh, eric asks for and in most cases is granted by these 31 states with whom they uh, they're under contract i mean it's uh, well i mean yeah you know that's that- another great point that's another yeah that's another great point you know when true the vote um endeavors to help citizens identify ineligible records in the voter rolls, we are limited because all we have access to are what, what roles are, are publicly available. However, Eric gets access, which is again, a 501c3, just like Drew the Vote, but they get access to the complete voter record file, which includes full date of birth, 
And that's important because they also get access to all of your DMV records, your Department of Motor Vehicle records. Again, with complete access to your full date of birth, to your social security number. And in certain states, Eric also asks for health data from mm -hmm. health and human services agencies. Yep. So the, the, the breadth of data, as you point out, Bill, the breadth of data that they receive coupled with a, a total lack of clarity around how it's being safeguarded. And, and then the exclamation point on the end is, and our roles are still messed up. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's the net question, isn't it? That's so, it. so one of the things that I've read just the last few days, I had not heard before, and maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention was that in some cases, Eric may be sharing that breadth of data or some subset of it with other um, 501c3s, perhaps one that was uh, 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 that was also founded by the original founder of Eric. Um, the one that I heard about was uh, the Center for Election Innovation and Research, also founded by the same gentleman that founded uh, yes. um, Eric. And, and so it begs the question, right. well, wait a minute, with all this information, and um, in, in everything they have in hand, why are they allowed to share it with other people? I, what ha whatever happened to, you know, personal information uh, it, that uh, that was guarded and kept from people that didn't need have a need to know it? Ab absolutely right. These are questions that should should be answered. There is no indication in the in the documentation between the states and Eric that that data is being secured going out now coming in they make it very clear in their language that once eric provides data back to the state the data they provide is not to be shared and that has been confirmed time and again as true the vote has has filed open records requests trying to get our arms around what what is what is the net benefit that eric bring to a state because we can't see it the roles are dirty what are they doing and 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 that too is withheld so it's curious in, in, you know, in, in which they were very observant about making sure it was not attainable or, or shareable once it was provided back, but going the other direction, you know, it's blue sky. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, my understanding is there may be funding being uh, channeled to uh, organizations like the last one I mentioned, CEIR, that may be coming from the folks that were so um, questionable during the last, you know, the 2020 cycle, CTCL. Have, have you seen more on that? Has that uh, been confirmed or do we know? You know, I, as, as we're talking right now, I couldn't, I couldn't give you the stat on it, but I, I, I hesitate to do it, but I'll go out on a limb and say my recollection is that, yes, that was confirmed that CEIR was funded um, by CTCL grants, potentially also by CARES dollars. Um, but, you know, that's 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 how the game is, is played. And it continues to be played now that CTCL has been um, largely disbanded because of the outcry that, uh, that Zuckerberg faced. But now he has reformed and is taking on election uh, administrations 
and supportive of his right. intentions. So it never ste- never stops. Well, as soon as nowadays, as soon as I hear the the term five hundred one c three, my my radar goes up and and into you know red mode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've seen. I, I have two more questions for you, if we could. So one's one's kind of a looking forward. So we've seen this mix of I'll call them early early indications. You know, some good things beginning to show up in in legislation. Um, some interesting things being disclosed through Twitter and Elon's um, and actions and others. Um, but we also see, you know, continued worries um, coming out of uh, the election outcomes in Arizona and some other stuff. So, you know, you have eyes on a lot of things. So thinking about your guidance, what what would be your read for folks who are wondering, you know, gosh, are we ever going to get back to, you know, a, a system of elections with truth and, and justice, if you will? Well, I mean, that, that depends on us. Uh, if we choose to check out in, in much the same way we had prior to 2020, then the answer is, you know, not great. Uh, it, it's absolute power corrupts absolutely. And if you don't have citizens involved holding holding government accountable, it doesn't go well. That's just, and look across government broadly, and that's held true agency upon agency, elections are no different. But I believe that 2020 was such a wake up call that it has, it has, you know, awoken the sleeping giant of, of, of people who are concerned on both sides of the aisle, just wanting to make sure that their elections have integrity. Now you are going to continue to see for a period of time, problems like in Arizona surface because there are so many layers to election process that it's going to take some time to really address all of the brokenness. You know, I, I often say we're going to get well the same way we got sick. It's going to take a little bit of time, but as long as we stay engaged, I mean, look, I mean, look at what you're doing in your state. It's, it's, you know, a great example of how quickly change, positive change for all voters can be introduced, but, but the citizen has to stay involved or it will not happen. Yeah, very much agree. I think, <clears throat> if we look at the number of folks that are involved, not just in this, but in really in all the areas where there's concerns, there's education, health, other things, the breadth of folks that are involved has grown, gosh, exponentially over the last, um, especially year, but for really two years. So um, I, I very much key in on things that you and, and Greg, but especially you are, are spotting because you often bring them out through um, through True the Vote and uh, in your updates. So uh, can we give the can we give the folks that are uh, are watching a, a read as to how to get more on True True the Vote, uh, an organization, and then how to be able to uh, to dock in and, and watch you as you bring out updates weekly. Absolutely, you can check out TrueTheVote.org, and from that website, you can sign up for our weekly newsletters. You can sign up for um, my weekly podcast, which is every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And it's on a platform called Locals. And that information is also there on the website. Or if you have a great memory, you can just remember to go to truthvote.locals.com and sign up. Um, you know, we just we just just sort of talk about what's happening every Monday night. And there's always something. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. So last last question, if I can, and uh, this is a little little different than election integrity, but it's a facet that I think is becoming day by day more and more important to folks as they, I don't know, fight to believe that the future holds good things, I guess is a way to put it, where uh, as they see this, they're going to be watching a picture of you during, during one of your um, locals broadcast. And behind you, there's some, I think they're copper or etched plates that we often see. Can you share what those are? Um, yes. So it is a, um, a prayer uh, written by Sir Francis Drake, who was a, an explorer. And, and it's a, it's a prayer in three parts that's separated behind me. And it essentially challenges us to, um, to not settle. And it is, it is a call to God to please keep us restless, keep us looking, keep us engaged. And, um, and it's, it's up there to remind me that that's, you know, we're not here to be comfortable. We're, we're here to be great. No, I, uh, I, I um, suspected it was something that would be, you know, meaningful to a lot of folks, and I'm I'm sure that that is. So thank you for sharing that. I know you don't often uh, talk about that. So um, once again, thank you so much. We we really appreciate you making time. I know this was not the easiest thing, and you're you're trying to travel and everything else. So uh, very much yes. appreciate that. Um, we are, if there's things we can do or things we should do. Absolutely. Thanks help, for having us. If there's things we should do to help Georgia further, <clears throat> please, you know, at any time we're here to, you know, help Georgians and, uh, and help your initiatives on behalf of Georgia and elsewhere. Thank you, Catherine. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. You bet. Thank Take you. care. Time safe. Safe travels, please.